On September 24, 2019, the Department of Labor published final rules that will increase the minimum salary required to be exempt from overtime. Employers have until January 1, 2020 to comply. The DOL estimates that approximately 1.2 million workers will be impacted by this change. If you have employees that will be affected, do you have a plan in place to comply? Welcome to HRpreneur, a small business podcast by ADP. I'm Jim Duffy, and I'm a vice president in ADP's Small Business Services Division. You work incredibly hard to support your employees and make your business a success. More than likely, this means you wear a lot of hats, and one of those might be an HR professional. We're here to help you get the insights you need to tackle day-to-day workplace issues. Today, we'll talk about the final overtime rule with Merrill Gutterman. Merrill is counsel for ADP's Small Business Services. Merrill, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here, Jim. So before we get into the details of the final rule, let's start with a brief overview of wage and hour laws so we have some context to discuss the new rules. Sure. So the Fair Labor Standards Act, or the FLSA, requires almost all employers to pay employees at least the federal minimum wage for each hour that they work, as well as overtime pay for all hours worked over 40 in a work week. But the FLSA also allows for exemptions from these overtime and minimum wage requirements for certain employees who will meet salary and duties tests. And these employees are known as exempt employees. Great. Thanks. So please explain what's changing under the final rule. Well, effective January 1st, 2020, the minimum salary requirement for the administrative, the professional, and the executive exemptions is going to increase from $455 per week to $684 per week. And employers are also going to be able to count certain types of bonuses towards meeting this obligation. And the final rule is also going to increase the total annual compensation requirement for the highly compensated employee exemption to $107,432 per year. And at least $684 would have to be paid on a weekly salary basis. Didn't the DOL try to change the overtime rules a couple of years ago? Yes, the DOL did. Um, During the Obama administration, the DOL published a final rule that would have raised the minimum salary requirement for the administrative, professional, and executive exemptions to $913 per week. But then a court blocked that rule from taking effect. And this time, the DOL's attempt at raising the minimum salary requirement has been successful, probably because the increase isn't as high as what was proposed back in 2016. Okay. So you mentioned employers will be able to count bonuses toward meeting the minimum salary requirement. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, please? Absolutely. So for the first time, the rules allow employers to use non-discretionary bonuses, incentive payments, and commissions to satisfy up to 10% of the minimum salary requirement for the administrative, professional, and executive exemptions, as long as these payments are made at least annually. Can you explain what a non-discretionary bonus is? So non-discretionary bonuses are generally announced or promised in advance. If you tell your employees at the beginning of the year that they'll be entitled to a bonus, perhaps for meeting certain production goals, then that would be considered a non-discretionary bonus. But if you decide at the end of the year to surprise employees with a bonus, that would be considered a discretionary bonus. And discretionary bonuses may not be counted towards meeting the minimum salary requirement. Okay, so can employers use these bonuses to meet the salary requirement for highly compensated employees? 
Actually, employers are already allowed to include non-discretionary pay toward meeting the total annual compensation requirement for the highly compensated employee, and that doesn't change under the final rule. So as long as you pay a highly compensated employee at least $684 on a weekly basis, you can then go ahead and count other forms of compensation towards meeting the rest of the employee's annual compensation requirement. All right. So there are a few exemptions available under the FLSA that we haven't talked about. For example, outside sales and computer professional employee exemptions. Will these be impacted by the final rule? Well, the outside sales employee exemption has no salary requirement, so it wouldn't be affected by the final rule. Exempt computer professional employees may be paid a salary or an hourly wage. So if you pay this type of employee a salary, they would be subject to the final rule's minimum of $684 per week. And if you pay the employee on an hourly basis, it must be at least $27.63 per hour, And that requirement doesn't change under the new rule. Does the rule change the duties test? No, the DOL didn't make any changes to the duties test. Each exemption has its own duties tests. So please, please review these tests carefully to ensure that the employee meets the duties criteria. Okay. What if an employer's state has its own exemption rules? Will those change as a result of the final rule? That's a great question. Um, Some states may raise their minimum salary requirements as a result of the new federal rule, but states aren't required to make any changes. So we recommend that employers review both the federal and state laws to determine whether an employee may be classified as exempt from overtime. And if the employee is covered by both the federal and state law, but doesn't meet both sets of tests, then it's really important that you consult with counsel to determine how you should classify your employee in that particular situation. All right. So what steps should employers consider taking now in order to prepare? Well, I would recommend reviewing all exempt classifications to ensure that employees still qualify under existing rules. And then I would also recommend that you identify any exempt employees who currently earn less than $684 per week. So if an employer has exempt employees that make less than $684 per week, what should the employer do? Well, you have a couple of options. You can either reclassify the employee as non-exempt and pay them an hourly wage and overtime when due, or you can raise their salary to meet the new requirement. And don't forget, you don't have to choose the same option for all impacted employees. You can choose to reclassify some employees but increase the pay of others in order to keep them exempt. But make sure that you're making your decision on a case-by-case basis and that you're factoring in each employee's job duties and their work schedule. So would these options increase an employer's compensation costs? Well, that depends on which option you choose and how many hours your exempt employees typically work per week. Um, If an employee's salary is well below the new minimum and they rarely work overtime, it might be more cost-effective to reclassify them as non-exempt. But if their salary is closer to the new minimum and they frequently work overtime, you may want to consider raising their salary to keep the exemption. But whatever decision you do make, whether it's to increase an employee's salary or reclassify them, just make sure that you're documenting and communicating clearly the reasons for making the change. So we're talking about communicating the changes to employees. If an employer reclassifies an exempt employee to non-exempt, how can they communicate the positives behind the change? Right. That's another really good question because some employees might consider being exempt more desirable than non-exempt status. 
And some employees may even assume that a change in classification is considered a demotion. So you want to make sure you're in front of this and that you address the misconception by explaining the benefits of being classified as non-exempt, um, such as receiving overtime pay when they work more than 40 hours in a work week. And just be sure that you're communicating any classification change to your employees in advance and in writing. And keep in mind also that some state and local laws have specific rules for notifying employees of pay changes. So in general, you just want to make sure you're providing employees as much notice as possible. So what other advice do you have for employers? I would say one of the most important things you can do to comply with the FLSA and the new overtime rules is to make sure that your employees are properly classified as exempt and non-exempt, right? So with the effective date, it's fast approaching. So you need to start now to consider the potential costs of reclassifying exempt employees who may earn less than the new minimum, as opposed to increasing their salary to meet the new threshold. And also make sure you're communicating with your supervisors, but that's really important, and training them on the final rules as well, and be sure that they're prepared to provide employees with information that's consistent with your company's policies on overtime and time tracking. All right, Meryl, thank you so much for all of this advice. You shared a lot of information with us today. If you're looking for more information on the new rules, please visit adp.com FLSA to learn more. You can also join us for a free webinar on this topic on October 10th. You can register by visiting adp.com forward slash webcasts. I want to thank the ADP Client Appreciation Program for sponsoring today's episode. You can earn free payroll by referring ADP. And if you want to find out more, you can talk to your local ADP sales rep. We also want to thank you for listening to HRpreneur. If you like the show, please give us a five-star review. And for all of the latest episodes, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Thanks for joining us.